Welcome, market participants, to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. Are we having fun yet? Days of 5% swings in equity markets, the IMF warning that the darkest hours are ahead of us, and the U.S. midterm elections are right around the corner. What's not to love? This week, our three things are, one, insight from Allianz, a CEO worth paying attention to. Two, recession contours. It's coming, and it's becoming clearer what these look like. And three, B of A's look at U.S. consumers. It's reassuring, but not surprising, they continue to exhibit strength. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. Over the course of any given day, a number of market pundits grace business television. One interview I came across this week I found to be captivating. Allianz CEO Oliver Bate. Here are a few pearls of his wisdom. When asked about lessons learned from the UK's recent travails, Bata observed, a political idea not anchored in economics is dangerous. This is a simple but quite astute observation in our opinion as the UK's newly ex-prime minister learned this past week. It also signals the return of bond vigilantes such as Mr. Botch's firm, who are supposed to serve as a sanity check against government or corporate schemes that are less than fully developed. Now take the UK's LDI episode. While we view this as an idiosyncratic development, we are also aware that it has unnerved investors and, according to the New York Times, the White House which has been asking market participants if something like this could happen in the U.S. This gets at the issue of financial instability, which has the ability to turn a garden-variety downturn into a crisis. Look no further than the most recent Bank of America's Global Fund Manager survey, where investors have singled out European sovereign debt markets as the most likely source for a systemic credit event. What does Mr. Bata think? Well, markets are coming to dominate again, he says. We're coming out of 15 years of quantitative easing where there has been no price discipline for risk, no fiscal discipline, and no monetary discipline. Suddenly, that's back, and people have to get used to the fact that the laws of physics hold again even for governments. Now, it's no surprise that he describes the easy money era as a disaster. Because of inflation, he reasons, People have started to reprice assets fundamentally, and not just bonds. He figures that we are not yet at the midpoint of repricing of assets. So far, just liquid assets have repriced. The rest will follow, including real estate and private equity. As a self-described risk manager, Mr. Bata warned to watch not just leverage, but liquidity. People underestimate liquidity traps, he says. As for his company's home country, Mr. Bata thinks that Germany has been oversold. On the issue of energy vulnerability, he points out that the country has been able to reduce demand for natural gas by 15%. We will have enough gas to come through the winter, he says. The question investors need to ask, he points out, is what are the implications for industry to reprice its product and supply chains to a higher energy price? Germany needs to refocus on reinventing its business model from one based on cheap energy from Russia, exports to China, and security from America. He is bullish on Germany's ability to do so, 
but that means the rest of you must understand that the cost of doing so means Germany will have less tolerance for doling out money to other parts of Europe. So our key takeaways from Mr. Botta's interview, the worst case scenarios for Europe and Germany are unlikely. Expect more pain in markets as assets are repriced and liquidity preference among investors is growing in importance. All right, on to our second thing, recession contours. It is now a broad consensus that we are headed toward recession in the U.S. That is far from a revelation, given the Fed's deployment of shock and awe monetary tightening and what we believe to be strong incentives to over-tighten, specifically. By invoking Paul Volcker, Chair Powell is really saying, we will not repeat Volcker's mistake in the early 1980s of not finishing off inflation. The incentive is to over-tighten. To push back on the blistering criticism from high-profile economists that the Fed is behind the tightening curve, the incentive is to over-tighten. And CPI is a misguided and lagging indicator. It doesn't matter. It's the lightning rod for inflation. And as long as it is above target, the incentive is to over-tighten. So consensus believes over-tightening and improvement in supply constraints will bring CPI down below 3% a year from now. And to get there, real GDP growth figures to be at stall speed throughout 2023. So what happens to unemployment? Bloomberg consensus has it peaking in 2023 at 4.5%, up materially, to be sure, from today's 3.5%, but below, well below, the long-term average of 6.2%. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. And what about corporate earnings growth? Surely that has to come down. Yet, earnings for the S&P 1500, that's small, mid, and large caps, are expected to grow 8% in 2023. Does that make sense? Well, not in a recession where, on average, earnings fall by 15%. But that kind of level suggests that companies can and will react in the face of contraction by adjusting pricing and the expense line. And those adjustments can help to contain the impact of a fading top line. So all of this suggests a relatively mild downturn, something consistent with our KBRA Altman one-year forward high-yield default forecast of 4.3%. This reflects the strong positions most businesses and consumers find themselves in today, as well as the still evident tailwind that all of that stimulus and monetary accommodation provided. What could make matters worse? Well, the aforementioned financial instability, something that undermines investor confidence in markets. The good news is, we don't see evidence of outsized vulnerability today in the financial system. However, the draining of liquidity and a super strong dollar are creating stresses across the financial world that investors need to pay close attention to. All right, on to our third thing, a read of the U.S. consumer, courtesy of Bank of America. In general, among the largest banks, B of A continues to have more of a glasses-half-full perspective on the economic slowdown in contrast, say, to J.P. Morgan Chase, which has been more cautionary. Now, to be fair, with regard to the consumer, the two big banks are of a similar view. B of A continues to point out that the strength of the U.S. consumer and their willingness to spend. Year-to-date spending through September is up 12% compared to a year ago. Even in October, spending growth has slowed only to 10% year-over-year growth. 
Now, these are nominal dollars, of course, so the increases are far less positive in real terms, but the number of transactions is still up single digits. The recovery of the travel and entertainment categories in particular are instrumental in driving the increases. Now, consumers are still flush with cash post-stimulus with deposit balances at B of A two times to five times higher than pre-pandemic levels depending on the size of the balance. And after-tax wage growth of 5.5% year-over-year continues to outpace total card spending per household. Consumer delinquencies, while ticking up a touch off the bottom, remain well below pre-pandemic levels. Now, we would add the following observations. B of A's customers skew, of course, towards the wealthier among U.S. households, which have benefited disproportionately through the pandemic period. So their sample, while large and national in scope, is not totally representative of all U.S. consumers. The strong performance the bank is witnessing is exactly the kind of performance you should expect to see at this point in a cycle. It is the strong demand for goods and services out of B of A customers that is helping to drive inflation higher. Now, as financial conditions tighten and the jobs market weakens, expect a cautiousness eventually to wash over Bank of America's consumer franchise. Still, the relative strength of the U.S. consumer, their excess savings, their delevered balance sheet, and their pumped-up net worth is an important offset to the effects of the economic contraction. It figures to be an important factor in keeping the downturn relatively mild. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, insight from Allianz. Assets are still repricing, liquidity preference is on the rise, and Germany might be oversold. Two, recession contours. This is all going to be manageable as long as financial stability holds. And three, B of A's look at U.S. consumers. It's reassuring, but not surprising, that they continue to exhibit strength. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KVRA.com for our latest research and ratings reports. See you next week.